The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Owers from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab on your He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. It is intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey. It is Tuesday, October 1st, and you're listening to another episode of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. Tanner Lee here, along with Evan Webb and Andrew Eiler, and we're going to try to get through this episode without crying. At least that's my goal. (laughs) Yeah, Tanner, you should have told me that. Do some Kleenex ready. Yeah. Oh, man. It... uh... Could it have been any worse? Oh yeah, <laughs> we can't have gone worse. Uh, it's pretty bad, pretty bad. Folded, weekend, but folded. we could have folded. The team showed some fight. We'll get into that. But dang, dang it! I every week, it seems like I'm. I go back to that Dane 2010 season. Here we are again. That's what's reminding me. Of. But in this case, I think it's a little worse because I think the players Purdue are losing this year are more talented than the ones in 2010. But it's similar in the capacity that they're key players all over the field. And I think Purdue has more depth now than they did in 2010, but it's younger. So I'm about to say, I, I don't remember the depth in 2010, but I would have guessed that at that point we would have had more depth just because of we were – we didn't just go through four or three and a half years of complete suck fest. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, that I don't, was. I don't remember the the. That was Hope's second year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. I would have. I would have. Second year. Yeah. I would have assumed the expectations were a little higher, but maybe not. Maybe the second year of Hope because Tiller's last year I know wasn't great, and then Hope's first year was. Five and seven, but they were really yeah. close to being ten and two, which is weird to say. If you can't be close to being ten and two for going five and seven, but uh, yeah, I I meant to look up, and I guess I still can during this podcast. I meant to look up Hope's record through the midway through his third year, or through the fourth of his third year, or third of his third year through Brahms and compare. I meant to do that, but. I'm, I've got it right here. Feel me okay. too. Yeah, I'd just be curious. I mean, I'm not saying I'm comparing <laughs> them from Danny Hope, but I'd just be curious. So Hope went five and seven in 2009, and then four and eight in 2010, and then seven and six in 2011. So we'll five, through the first four games. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, I think, I think so he had nine wins, and then he two and two. I think two and two. two yeah, two and two. With a, with a loss to Rice. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a hope special. He loses somebody every year they no. shouldn't, and they beat somebody they shouldn't. And no. Brom, so far, Purdue's kind of done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Rutgers, mm-hmm. Eastern Michigan, and Nevada, uh, and he beat Iowa, Ohio State, Iowa. and mm-hmm. Iowa last year, and then this year, nobody yet. So he was 11. Until this weekend. 17. Yeah. <laughs> But the Boilers fell. Uh, to anybody listening that doesn't already know, uh, thirty-eight to thirty-one to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Minnesota became now the first Big Ten team, I think, since nineteen fifteen, to win their first four games by a touchdown or less. Um, hey, at least Purdue kept it to one score. They fought back. They could have easily gave up and just got their doors blown off because it looked like midway through the third quarter 
or really even to the end of the third quarter, it, was, it reminded me of a Daryl Hazel or Danny Hope era game. It was the crowd had left. Just nothing was going right. But, um, I mean, Purdue's got a talented group of young freshmen. And insanely in the fourth quarter, there was multiple times that my dad and I would look out and out of the 11 guys on the field, and often seven of them were redshirt freshmen or true freshmen. It was all the skill wow. position players. I think pretty much everyone but the offensive line was a freshman or redshirt freshman, which is crazy. But I mean, it's, I mean, exciting in one aspect, but terrifying for the uh, not so distant future. <laughs> As Brian Newbert really has said a couple times this week in podcasts and articles, it's kind of like right now Purdue's got their 2021 team on the field in 2019. Right. <laughs> Which is could be really good for the future, but right. for the immediate future, uh, very worrisome right now. Yeah, but pains. Um, yeah. Uh, how much of the game did I know, Evan? You didn't get to watch much of the Minnesota game at all till the very end. Andrew, you said you watched the first half and kind of. Uh, yeah, the third, the third quarter was hard for me, so I went and was like, I'm going to do something productive, and was kind of following along on my phone, and I was like, Wow, they're actually kind of staying in there. And then I got to work. Wow, it's it's a one possession game. Pretty well. ball. It's like what is going on? So then, uh, and then I was then I was back in, and then I was thoroughly disappointed again. Yeah, I feel like it, when I was yeah. oh, sorry, I was when nope, I was ahead. checking my phone, especially in the first half. Like every time I checked it, I was following on the ESPN app, and I feel like every time I pulled it up, there was a little uh, they'll show like when a pass is goes a certain yard. I feel like every time I pulled it up was when they were throwing a forty yard touchdown pass, mm-hmm. and the line was just going across the field. And I was like, yeah. what is going on? What? Honestly, they weren't that. It's easy to be a critic from the stands, but they were simple run pass option slant routes over the middle from the outside wide receivers. Were the linebackers just freezing, or what was going on? Oh, it was well at the beginning of the game. It was Kenneth Major couldn't cover his guy, and Brom played him five snaps and pulled him five. Pulled him, didn't play him the rest of the game. And you're talking about a guy who started all three games this year and has played at least 70-plus snaps in the three previous games, five. And now he's listed with the two deeps this week, not even starting. Wow. And that's one of his guys. That's a sophomore. Um, I think he is figuring out guys who don't want to play hard, and he's tired of it. Um, And the linebackers just – we don't have good – we are missing Marcus Bailey for coverage reasons. Of course, Mm -hmm. I knew we'd miss his presence, but I didn't realize – how far above and beyond he was at coverage compared to compared to our other linebackers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which Ben Holt does lead the Big Ten in tackles right now. I, I heard today, but mm. kind of has to. Um, yeah, but, pretty soft in the middle. And I know Cornell Jones is getting uh, a lot of kind of a, some bad film on TV. It looked like they were uh, – He looks slow. Yeah, it was a lot of those run pass options where even the guys on TV were like, you have to do like do something, like either play the run and sell out for it, or like stay back and cover. You can't just like stand right there, and that's pretty much he just kind of stayed right where he was and watched and just tried to react. And at that point, it was too late. Mm-hmm. I mean, run, okay, it's a five yard run. If it's a pass, that guy's behind you. And and my prediction of Purdue getting three turnovers was false. They got zero, (laughs) so they're still stuck on two for the whole year through four games. They they haven't recovered a single fumble yet this year. They have two picks, one by uh, Navon Mosley, I believe, and then one by uh, George Kaloftis, who had a sack in the second half, I believe, this game. He's a stud. I mean, George, you don't have to worry about him. He's going to play balls to the wall. He even made a comment. Why play this game if we're not going to give full effort? He goes, I love this game. My goal is to play at the next level. Um, so, but but honestly, guys, and I, we're going to talk about the injuries here in a minute. I know we're kind of batting around batting around the bush here in a little bit because it's just painful to talk about. But I'm more concerned with the defense right now than I'm the offensive line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Coming, yeah, and coming into the season, it was talked about the defense was ahead of the offense, which was kind of surprising when you've got a – fifth-year quarterback who started, and you've got Rondell Moore, an All-American, and, I mean, Jackson Anthrop, I mean, Jared Sparks, Bryson Hopkins. I mean, like, yes, the offensive line was a question mark, but the skill position and the quarterback you'd think was going to be set. But that was kind of was I was a little worried about the offense coming into the year, just the comments about the defense. But Well, it does hurt, though, when you don't have your uh, fifth-year senior captain linebacker due to injury and your – NFL, senior defensive captain, tackle, defensive yeah. tackle, 
Lorenzo Neal, which I don't know what is going on. Right. I I think we can all kind of guess what's going on, yeah. um, and I hope I'm wrong. But, you know, all we've been hearing lately is the target date was Penn State, Penn State's Penn State. Get to Jeff Brown's weekly press conference yesterday. He goes, Neal's out. That's all I'm at liberty to say or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then Brian Newbert on the message boards kind of said it's a little-known fact that he's been cleared for weeks. So my guess is he wants to play in the NFL, of course. We all know he was first-rounder. Todd McShay had him as a first-rounder on his early big board back in April. My guess is he doesn't want to play and take the chance of getting hurt. But then my response to that is take his captain away. Right. Heck, kick him off the team, honestly. Like, well, I mean, that was bad, but. Um, I, I was like, was um, I mean, he's with the team a lot. Like, I'm trying to think of uh, Bosa with Ohio State last year when he got hurt, and he obviously wasn't coming back for the year, coming back for, for to play for Ohio State. I guess he could have come back for the bowl, but he was training for the NFL. Was he still, like, on the sidelines? Was he still practicing with the team? or was He, he wasn't still- practicing. I mean, he had an injury that pretty much he was yeah, going to be out was, here, and they announced but, it early. Mm-hmm. But was he oh, on the sidelines? Like, Neil's been on the sidelines, I feel like. Are I, they, think, I think Nick, Nick was on the sidelines. Okay, I didn't know if, like, he was around. Like, if, at that point, if you're like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm not coming back. Like, I potentially could, but I'm not. Would would the coaches be like, all right, get out of here kind of thing? But I mean, Marcus I'm, Bailey's still around the team. Elijah will still be around the team. Yeah. But I don't know. I just – I, I, I just – by Brom's tone, I think he's a little over it. Is is kind of yeah. how it's too bad. It, it, I mean, this is a guy that went was a representative of at, at Big Ten Media Day with Rondell and Marcus. Maybe 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 that's a problem. Maybe there's a Big Ten Media Day curse. <laughs> um, but mm. you know, on Big Ten Media Day, he gave no indication that he wouldn't be ready for Nevada. Then all of a sudden, we got close to the Nevada game. It was Neil's not going to be ready. Hopefully next week. Then next week. Then next week. Then next week. Yeah, I know it's been a buy. It's been yeah. it's getting frustrating, is what it is, because he could help the run game, run defense so much. But I mean, you're only four games into your season now. Twelve. It's not like you're eight games in. Right. No, I don't know. It's frustrating. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping you I see the positive, and he's just trying to redshirt. I don't know. I, I like him, your I like him, your Cindular, Bailey. They're all redshirting. They're coming back. So. They're, they're Bailey and Sindelar sixth year. Well, Sindelar's got a sixth year pass, yeah. and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Bailey can apply. Um, apply for one. Don't know if he'll want to because he might want to just try for the NFL. I don't know. That's a tricky situation. Come off the ACL. Um, but uh, okay, let's let's get right into uh, the first quarter that I want to forget about um, in one play, and you know. I'm only 27 years old, but I feel like I've watched quite a bit of football in my lifetime, and I've never seen a play where two – the offensive's two best players or even two studs or key players or anything get hurt possibly for the season on the same exact play. Never seen anything like that. I feel like the only way it could have been worse is if, like, Jeff Brown had a heart attack, like, as that <laughs> thing. Like, that would have been, like, the only way it's worse. Like, as they're – I don't know. Well, I did have a heart attack. I did have a heart attack at the stadium. No, I had a clean shot of Sinilar's. That guy just whacked from behind, and he landed so hard in the shoulder. That same hit in the NFL's roughing the passer for putting all your weight on the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I knew I knew I'd seen that called recently, and I didn't know if that was college or the NFL. No, it's NFL, the no fun league. Um, Yeah, like landing your body weight. Yeah, body weight. Something I, I heard that, and I thought that was dumb. So I knew he was hurt just the way he grabbed his shoulder right away. I'm like, oh, either separated shoulder or broken collarbone oh, or clavicle, as they call it in medical terms. Uh, but what made me mad, because and I didn't even see Rondell get hurt, because, of course, I'm watching the quarterback, and I didn't even see him on the ground at first, because I was looking. Minnesota players were celebrating, legit jumping around after Sinelar's rolling on the ground. And I mean, you watch DJ Fleck run like like – I've never seen a coach that's so like, look at me, look at me, look at me. He, he, uh, after the yards on the field and sprint goal line to goal line. Like after the first quarter when they flipped field, he sprinted all the way down. He's got to be the fastest coach in Division (laughs) One, but the dude's a lunatic. I am so glad Purdue wasn't interested in him. I can't stand Minnesota. They are easily my least favorite team in the West. I do not like them. 
Yeah, I would get. I don't like Nebraska either, but I really <laughs> don't like uh, Minnesota. I, At least you don't hear anything about Nebraska or Scott Frost. Like it's you all you should after they got waxed by Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I haven't. You haven't heard anything. You're just you're just the hype. I understand the offseason hype that was yeah. a little uh, premature. That's the reason. Okay, maybe I'm more annoyed with Nebraska, but it was frustrating. You look at Minnesota's schedule, I can see them being 8-0. I mean, it's easy coming up. But anyway, yeah. so they're jumping around. And then I see everybody kind of points, and Rondell's on the ground. And right away, I'm like, ah, he's got a cramp. He's fine. And then it wasn't until he tried to get up. Couldn't put weight on his leg. Put weight on it and crumbled. And then oh, like, God. Oh, crap. <laughs> then everybody, the whole stadium just went silent. I haven't heard Ross say that silence since Robbie Hum, the whole Robbie Hummel news, which coincidentally was announced against, against freaking Minnesota. Yeah. It's always against Minnesota. Robbie's he crumbled the first time against Minnesota. Because, uh, I mean, right away you knew Sindelar was done. I mean, they, they took him right away to the locker room. Just took him off yeah. the field, straight to the locker mm-hmm. room. Or they got him over to the tent. And he Dude, actually walked yeah. on his own on the sidelines into the tent. And then he was in the Howard. tent for a while. And then they, well, but, yeah, but he wasn't, wasn't helped. I mean, he kind of. He, he was not putting much weight on it. And then no. he put a little more as he got close. Yes. But yeah, he was, he didn't, he was not like yeah. walking normal. But You probably definitely had a better angle on that TV than I did. But then the cart came out, took him into the locker mm-hmm. room. Uh, Sindelar did reappear later with a shoulder and a sling and a jacket. Um I don't know if Rondell ever came back from sidelines or not. Uh, I never saw him. I don't think they showed him if he did, yeah. Man, oh, man. I mean, Purdue saw season potentially flash before its eyes in one freaking play. And the day started off so nice. You know, we got right when I saw the backside report from Mike Carmen. We got Sindelar back. He's on, <laughs> he's on the program. Uh, everybody just is feeling good and optimistic because that's all you would hear. Like, I got down there pretty early before the game, walked around. All you'd hear walking past – Hey, Sindelar playing today. Sindelar playing today. I wonder if Sindelar's playing today. And then, like, once word spread, he is. Everybody felt pretty good. And then just to have that happen. And to and have that happen to a kid that just has been bitten by the injury bug so much during his career. I mean, he tore his ACL in the playoffs of his senior year in, in high school. So he gets to Purdue with the torn ACL and he redshirts. Um, I don't know if he would have redshirted anyways or not. Then his redshirt freshman year, he kind of battled through a hip injury, played in some garbage time, and Honestly, didn't play very well. No, it was named starters Richard sophomore year. Uh, just him and David Blau were flip-flopping back and forth, and it was David's job till David got hurt. Then Elijah comes in, tears his ACL against Northwestern, even though we don't know about it. Plays really good against Iowa, Indiana, Arizona. Then has to have surgery. Name starter last year. Threw three picks in the first half against Northwestern. Then his, his knee and his, I don't know, his hip again or something. Just wasn't cooperating, so they set him out the whole year and applied for the sixth year. Name started again this year. Gets a concussion on the second – or the last freaking play of the second game of the year. Then comes back from the concussion in the first freaking quarter. Breaks his collarbone. Surgery yesterday. Probably out for the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at best. Got to fill for the kids. six weeks, yeah. Man. Was his uh, left arm? Yeah. Yes. At least it's non-throwing. I mean, yeah, that's only. Man, he's. I mean, I was reading his feature in the game day program on him, and he was honest. There was an article about him in there, and he was honest. He said baseball was his first true love, and his goal was to play college baseball. But he didn't get any full rides from any big time schools like he wanted. He got some offers, but not full rides. So he uh, went ahead and pursued football, and uh, was real excited, you know, to be a produced quarterback and. I, don't, I I think the kid's a special talent, has a great arm, and just sometimes it never works out for you injury-wise. It's kind of kind of like Robert Marv. I think he was a really special talent. Mm-hmm. His knee couldn't stay healthy. So, unfortunate. I mean, I know he applied for the sixth year, but if I had to guess, excuse me, on October 1st, 2019, we have seen the last of Elijah Sinlar in the Purdue uniform. Yeah, it'd be hard yeah. to disagree. And, and I, I meant no. to look up what the rules are as far as transferring with your sixth year. I don't know. I thought you can. I thought you could. you could too. If so, and if he wants to play football, I think we see him at a different school next year. Mm-hmm. Maybe possibly returning home somewhere in Kentucky. Oh, absolutely. That's um, exactly where he would go. But I, 
I don't know. I don't. I should have looked up that rule because because yeah. I mean you can't. Assuming Plummer doesn't get hurt really bad or something and plays at least decent, the rest of the year, just doesn't play god awful. You can't say going to the next year. Okay, Jack, now you're back on the bench, Elijah. We're putting you in. You know he's gonna be like 24 next year. Right. You, you can't kill Plummer's progression. You can't. And Blumer looked pretty good from what I saw and read. He did. He looked, he, looked, he looked a lot better, yeah. Which makes me think, was it TCU's defense was just that good or? Combination, I, mean, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a combination of first start. I don't think the playbook was as open. TCU does have a good defense, even though SMU beat them the following week. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, Jack threw two really bad picks, especially one when we were driving. But besides that, I thought he made some great plays with his feet. I mean, heck, the first drive he came in. Yeah. He missed third and 14. He scrambles for a first down. Place goes nuts. And then he leads for leads a touchdown drive, which he threw a pass to a Horvath. Um, mm-hmm. He got us right back in it. So, I mean, that was good. Yeah, that was, a, that was a great reaction just by, by him. I mean, him to come in and be calm. And, I mean, it was – I had to look it up when uh, – yeah. It was first and 10, Zach, when Sindler got hurt. So, he comes in second and 17. Yeah, he scrambles, gets 15 yards on third and 14. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, he's got some really good got drive. Down. Got some decent yeah. wheels. He can get outside the pocket, make things happen when it collapses. He's got a nice presence around him, awareness mm-hmm. of, of when it's collapsing. But uh, he's not as accurate as I'd like. I think that'll come over time. And I know Jeff Brom made a comment in the post game that he wants to see him throw it a little harder and spin yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's what I kind of know. It's it. I I don't know if he's like if he's conservative but i mean it's just a polar opposite of Sindelar, where Sindelar's zipping it almost too hard in the first couple of games and some of jack's balls just seem to flow yeah there was one we ended up scoring on the drive anyways i think king daru scored but there was one jack's answer was wide open over the middle and the only reason jackson didn't score is Plummer had to literally float it and it took too long mm-hmm. to get there where if, which if he zinged it on oh, line, it was a wide well, open touchdown was that the one that he kind of jumped he had the yeah. Jackson had a jump. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no! When Plummer jumped, I I don't know. He yeah. threw a couple off his back feet, so I don't know. Well, there was there was one I think on that first drive that he had where he the pocket was kind of collapsing and he hung in there and he actually kind of did like a jump pass and I think it was around the goal line. Like Anthem caught it on like the ten and got to like the six or something. But yeah, he was wide open, but he had to like stop because the ball floated. I mean, because he jumped and threw it. Like you're not going to get much. And I thought Jackson Anthem played really well. Uh, we barely mm-hmm. saw him in action at running back, but I think as long as Rondell Moore's out, Jackson's got to go back to wide receiver. Um, what about uh, Sheffield? TJ yeah. Sheffield's got to too. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he was in the game anyways, I believe, when Rondell was, um, which was interesting. And then, But now, yeah, he, he's got to have a larger role. I thought David Bell was awesome. Eight catches for 114 mm-hmm. yards. He he's now Purdue's number one guy. Yep. Uh, Milton Wright's their number two. No, Armand Anson is probably their number two option. He right. played well. Mm-hmm. And then Milton, then you got Sheffield, then you got Anthrop because Sparks and is then, still hurt. Did I see Bonner, Jordan Bonner? Bonner yeah, I was yeah. surprised to see him over Corey Taylor, to be honest. I thought Bonner did pretty well in like spring and the summer, I thought, or coming into camp. They talked about Anderson. I thought Bonner was kind of in there too when they talked about guys who looked good. It was great to see King Del Rue get 95 yards and three yes. total touchdowns. She kind of had a coming uh, out party. Somebody jinxed it. I saw on Twitter they're like, "Oh, King!" When King Drew had like 15 carries for like 93 yards, they're like, "Oh, he's on the verge of becoming Purdue's first 100 yard rusher in a while." And then he gets proceeds to lose like two yards <laughs> and then stuffed. And I was like, oh, "Of course, to 94." Yeah. 94. Hopefully, he can keep that going. That was definitely. I mean, they're going to have to rely on the run a little more now. He looked good. He had some really nice. Hit a lot of spin moves. I feel like it made some guys miss and. Exciting. And it's exciting. Uh, Andrew, what did you share with us right before we started recording about the practice today with the running backs? Oh, yeah. Richie Worship and Tario Fuller were in shoulder pads and helmets. They didn't have pants on. Probably need pants. No pants at all? No pants. Uh, I don't know what that means. Oh, Bad things happen sometimes when you don't have pants on. You get, you get some trouble. Uh, but, uh, no, that, that that's a good sign. I mean, who would have thought we might see – one of those Richie guys worship. got both of them back before Lorenzo Neal. Yeah, especially worship. Yeah, that that's good. I like that. Um, I thought the offensive line played okay. Uh, lost another guy on the offensive line. DJ Washington broke his ankle. 
Um, he only mm-hmm. had played five snaps, but we used the rotation of eight or nine different guys. I really like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody switched in there except Herman's McCann and uh, Beach. I mean, yeah. I think they played every snap or pretty mm-hmm. much every did, snap. Uh, did, is Cam Craig, is he a f- true freshman? Yeah, he played. Or He played? I think he played a little bit. Now he's on the two deeps. Yeah, I know he's like second. So, I mean, he'll definitely be in against Penn State. And I didn't know if he was a true freshman or redshirt freshman or if he played at all this year. I think he's a true freshman. but True, but I don't know. I get so confused with the linemen. Without, that was the bad part of those gray jerseys. And that's the one reason I got the program this week. Was because <laughs> of Purdue on the back, and I don't know who's who. Uh, so, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, anytime you lose an All-American player like Rondell Moore, it's going to sting. Still don't know the severity or the long term. We just know he's out this week, and it sounds like it's probably a hamstring. Mm-hmm. That's speculation, at least. Which is, yeah, I mean, that's probably better than a knee. But I don't know. I mean, that's, you that's should Ken know. Griffey it. Jr. It yeah, that's Ken Griffey Jr. Hamstring. Never the same after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, what I was afraid of when I saw the replay and where he's holding, I thought he might have tore his quad like Victor Oladipo. <sighs> I didn't think which, about that. Which had his worse than an ACL. Yeah. I saw that online. I, from what I guess, I don't think it's as serious. I think it's like a week, couple week, weeks, not months, years. Obviously. I'll take it. Yeah. I but know. that's, I guess, I don't know. I think that's what, like, what I've seen online, or I guess, or the way that it seems like they're acting. Like, obviously, they're going to take and be careful with him. I mean, he's a sophomore. Yeah. I mean, you know, the first thing that goes through my mind when I see something like that on the replays is he ever going to be the same again? Because right. Because he's, he's a, kid who cuts so much if he even loses a an, you know a minute no or ounce of confidence in that cut his entire the way he plays is different yep yep so uh but i thought the office hunt in there i was i was i was happy with the way they responded <laughs> the defense just has a lot of work i mean it made tanner morgan look like john freaking elway in his prime i mean he was 21 of 22, which is a Big Ten record completion percentage-wise for a quarterback with a minimum of 20 pass attempts. This is a team, and for like I think he threw for 396 and four touchdowns. This yeah. is a team that doesn't throw the ball; they run. And Roddy Smith still had like a buck 25 on the ground, <laughs> but they just did whatever they wanted. It was so frustrating. Oh, what do you guys think about the people who are calling for Holt? No. <sighs> uh? Uh, you know, I uh, not yet. Yeah, but if things don't improve over the year, maybe it's time for a switch. What about something like a uh, Poindexter? I mean, he's the cor- he's the cornerback. He's the defensive back coach. Yeah, be- yeah. I I I guess it seems like I don't know. I don't know how much of it of this goes on like the linebackers. I know we were talking like a lot of what they were getting burned on was the run pass options to where he's the linebacker coach too, isn't he? Exactly. That's what I mean. I don't know how much of it's on the cornerbacks. Obviously Brown wasn't real happy with the starting cornerbacks as they're not starting against Penn state this week. Yeah. 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 Corey Trice. Obviously, uh, Jordan. I was was happy to see Trice. Rucker. Is it Rucker? Yeah. Who I honestly had to look up in the program. I didn't know who number seven was. Uh, they're both freshmen. Yeah, Trice played 50 snaps. He hadn't played even that combined in the first three games. Mm-hmm. He's been a player I've been wanting to watch for a yep. while. Because um, he's like he's like 6'3", and he's like yeah. 215 pounds or something. He's huge. I mean, even on defense, at one time I looked on the field, Ben Holt was the only senior out there on defense a lot majority of the time. It's crazy how young this new team is. And we have to remember that as fans, even though it's very frustrating. But to answer your question, Evan, it's – I thought it was very interesting. Jeff Brom's post-game press conference. His comments are always interesting after a loss because he's always pretty heated when he talks to Tim Newton. Right after <laughs> they asked him about the defense. He goes, our past defense was horrible. It's not good. Hasn't been good for quite a while. Needs to get better. I mean, all the time I'm thinking this is that Holt, Holt, Holt. Like, right. I don't know. I just – I don't know if everything's still out of that rocky situation. Well, it seems like, I mean, early on in the year when Brom was all about having Holt up in the press box and Holt said, I I don't know, maybe that was a bigger deal. And Holt was like, no, Mm -hmm. like you're going up there and he was up there for a game, one game. Yeah. Nevada. I don't know, man. Maybe there's some, I don't know if that's a, we'll probably find out at the end of the season if 
Colts look elsewhere, I guess. I don't know. I don't think there's that much unless there's their relationship is falling apart, I guess, but I don't know. I'm telling you, I mean, produce pass defense doesn't uh, improve, improve quickly. It's going to be very ugly. Penn State averages 316 yards through the air. Uh, Sean Clifford, who I think has done a really good job taking over for uh, Trace McSorley uh, this year. He's 70 for 106 for 1,179 yards, nine touchdowns, one interception. He also leads the team in rushing yards. 32 <laughs> carries for uh, 213 yards, one touchdown. I thought that was interesting. He leads the team in yardage um, with 213. That's surprising. Mm-hmm. They also have a guy named Journey Brown, who has 198 yards, three touchdowns. Devin Ford, 163 yards, two touchdowns. And Noah Kane only has 105 yards, but he has four touchdowns. He leads their team in rushing touchdowns. So a couple guys produce defense. I don't know how they're going to cover K.J. Hamler. This guy's the equivalent to Rondell Moore in the Big Ten. Maybe Wondell Robinson is to Rondell, but this guy is. He's 5'9", like 175 pounds, returns kicks. He's a junior. He has 16 receptions for 353 yards and three touchdowns on the year. They also have a speedster in Johan Dotson, who has 10 catches for 163 yards, two touchdowns. And then they have tight end Pat uh, Fryer Muth, I think is how he pronounced his last name, 12 catches for 162 yards, two touchdowns. So those are the three guys Purdue's going to have to know where they're at at all times. Um now, defense, you have – I don't know a whole lot about their defense. I think they're pretty good. Uh, Fifth-year cornerback John Reed leads the team with two interceptions. Uh, there's a defensive end who's a junior who leads their team with three-and-a-half sacks. It's uh, He's got a weird name. It's uh, Utah Gross Matice. <laughs> weird. And then they have Ellis Brooks, who's a junior linebacker with two-and-a-half sacks, and senior defensive end uh, Shaka Tony with two sacks. Uh, they've they have forced four fumbles on the year and recovered two in four interceptions on the year on their defense. And like Evan pointed out before we started recording, they actually shellacked Maryland at Maryland 59-0. I believe the three past three years combined, they've outscored Maryland like 175 to six. I just learned the other day that um, James Franklin was on the staff. At Maryland, when Maryland's uh, coach Loxley was at the same time, they're both assistants. And then I forget who their coach was, but he got fired. And then there was an agreement for James Franklin to become Maryland's next head coach. This was before the Vanderbilt job. Maryland backed out and gave it to Randy Edsel. Franklin goes to Vanderbilt, and then he gets to Penn State, sees that they're on the schedule, mm-hmm. says, we're going to beat them every single year. And they just kill them. So... After I read that, I'm like, okay, that makes me feel a little better. But uh, thoughts going into the Penn State game, and is the Penn State point spread of 28 points right now fair? Thoughts aren't good. <laughs> I mean, when it opened, um, I had a friend who's going to Vegas this weekend, and I was with him on Sunday, and I think someone, I think Evan, you texted us, said, oh, it opens at 16 or 16 and a half. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. do it. Ryan, Penn State and the points. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought sixteen was very fair. I thought sixteen was very fair. I would say twenty-one is fair, yeah. but anything higher than that, I think it's a slap in the face to Jeff Brom. I mean, I mean, okay. But, uh, just was just for comparison, Ohio State number four, Ohio State. Where is this game? Okay, home against number twenty-five, Michigan State. Ohio State minus twenty. Ohio State arguably the best team in the yeah. nation. Yeah, but I mean, it's a top 25 game. It's two top 25 teams. You're saying the number four team is 20 points better? I mean, yeah, it's home and Michigan State. Awesome. Yeah, I think they are 20 points yeah, better. Yeah, they can't score. They what's, won't the Purdue, what's the Purdue-Ohio State line going to be? Okay, that would be like 35. <laughs> we beat, we own them, Andrew. Come on. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't feel confident by any means. I mean, this is Jack Plummer's first road start. It's going into Happy Valley. 106,000 people. <laughs> Can you guys tell me how many times Purdue has won there in their history? History? Yeah, in Purdue history. Purdue has – Purdue and Penn State have the, only the, the, played 18 times ever. Uh, uh, only played 18 times or they've only played in – just only? Yeah, only. They didn't join the Big Ten until the 90s. That's true. Um, how, many, how many have we beaten them or how many times have we won in Happy Valley? How many times have we won in Happy Valley? 
once. Three ding, times. Ding, ding. Oh, once. once. <laughs> 2004, Kyle Orton went in there in a whiteout. Yeah, right before yeah. the fumble. I was going to say zero, but I was like, nope, I'm going to have to go to five and now. Penn State Purdue series is Penn State leads a series 14 to three to one. Hmm. Cool. Interesting. Penn I State. The, uh, Golden Black uh, Illustrated cover was oh. we we're five and zero, oh, and just the headline was wow. That's oh, that was an incredible road win. That place was rocking. It was a three thirty yeah. game whiteout. Um, Penn State's on an eight game winning streak over Purdue from two thousand five through two thousand and sixteen. What was it? Two thousand. What was the year that they beat us? Like sixty two to fourteen or whatever. Oh, year? oh cool. Awesome. Sixty two twenty four, and I believe we were up or tied at half. Yep, that was one of Daryl's last games. Oh no, or maybe he was already gone. Yeah, it was. It been, I think it was Gerard Parker. Um, Gerard Parker, whatever. Purdue's only won back-to-back games against them once. That was 03 and 04. They won at Ross State in 03, and then beat Penn State there in 04. I Penn State's like Penn State's like Wisconsin. I don't have very like many like positive memories of Penn State. Like, oh, they only beat them three times and twice. Exactly. In I, mean, I, I don't even. I mean, like even competitive games. No, it's it, <laughs> yeah. game being interesting. I mean, I remember Hope went against them twice, and yeah, in eleven we went there, and I remember Marv threw a stupid <coughs> kick right before half across his body across the field. I don't know what the final score of that game. Yeah, was. 20, 18. Okay, yeah, good call, Tim. Um, in two thousand twelve, they. Flipped it to a three thirty game. They came in and saw the manager that year, and they killed yeah. killed us. 30, 30, 34 to nine. We 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 got up three zero because I remember it was like the Michigan yeah. game, the Wisconsin game, Pitt State game. Purdue kept getting up early and then just getting the <laughs> kicked out of them. <laughs> Sorry, you have the bleep button, Tanner. Geez, I know it was a family show. I was hoping you're gonna to have to do that at some point. It's TV TV fourteen <laughs> or, or not TV fourteen podcast fourteen rating. Who would have thought that the first bleep would be about talking about the Penn State game and not the first quarter of the Minnesota game when Rondell Moore and Elijah Singular both go down? That's a good. That's a really good point you just made there. Yeah, I, I've already used enough curse words <laughs> in my own head when that happened, and maybe out loud. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't, we'll get into our prediction for that game here in a bit, but it's not gonna be good. It's, 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 it's okay. It's probably not gonna be good, but just watch Jeff Brown do something. Oh right. yeah, I would not be surprised. I would not nobody, be surprised in the slightest nobody. if we go in there. And, you know, the whole, whole Boiler Nation would be like, "We're back!" Like build back the Jack Plummer statue. Hey, I, I thought for a second until that pass interference was called. Yeah, Davon Mosley three minutes ago, and Purdue was gonna get the ball back. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought Jeff Brown was gonna have Joe Tiller against uh, Michigan State in '97 moment. It was gonna be interesting. I, I really, I really thought it would. Would he have gone for two? Say it yeah. out. Would he have gone for two? Yep. I don't know. I, I, I hope so. You know, I think the thing at that point you would have had to. You came all the way back. You don't. You just, you ride the momentum and. It's kind of like North Carolina the other day with a minute 13 yeah. left. They get her down one. Mac Brown decides to go for two. I loved it. It didn't Absolutely. work out. Number one domination. Absolutely. I thought yeah. it was a dumb play call running the yeah. option. But <laughs> yeah. a speedy clips the team side to side. You go north to south, Mac. What are you doing? Yeah. But, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love I love the decision. Yeah, terrible play yeah. call, but love the I, I used to probably because I'm a wimp. I used to hate going for two, but now, like as I'm getting older, I'm like, on Madden. just go for two. I can't kick an extra point on Madden to save my life. <laughs> so, the online play when it lags, but yeah. So, uh, any more thoughts on Purdue right now before we get into picking some games? Um, I'm excited to see I mean, as, as much as we're staring at I think a four and eight season pretty squarely in the face right now, depending on who of- who are the three wins. Illinois. Um, Better say IU. Yeah, just yeah, that one. And then I'm trying to think who's on the schedule. You also got home games against Maryland, and Nebraska. Five and seven. Then God, you mean, I don't, I don't want to. You I don't mean Purdue's not going to? 
I don't mean Purdue's not going to go. Because then I, we got the, that Nevada game's going to be. I, I know. Oh, yeah. You know that's because that's what's going to happen to us. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to get catch fire at home and go five and seven. And the yeah. freaking uh, Nevada game's going to keep us out of a bowl. I would love that just because that means just I would love. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, that Nevada. But I mean, at this point, I think if Purdue gets to five and seven, then that means Jack Plummer has done pretty well. Yeah. I'd be really excited going for next year with. More coming back, full strength, and David Bell, and Milton Wright, and TJ Sheffield, and Malik Carr. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ten days, we'll find out. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, speaking of um, football recruiting, Purdue just jumped in on another twenty twenty four-star QB. Yeah. yeah, mobile QB. What is up with that? Dude, he's gonna. Position? He's gonna. I think officially visit in I, October. This month. I mean, it's I mean, October. <laughs> On top of that, they offered it's 90 the, degrees, but it's October from Lawrence North for 2021, right? 2021. Offensive yeah. line, the quarterback, or yeah, the quarterback. Yeah. He's a dual threat. I think Brom wants himself a dual threat, at least an option. Love it. Well, I mean, I think uh, the the true freshman now. I don't know, Pafari. I don't know how to say his last name. He was like a sprinter in high school, wasn't he? he ran I like- haven't heard nothing about him since he got on campus. Yeah, I feel like having was- a mobile QB is going to have to be pretty uh we're gonna have to have that in our offense because I, I regardless of how good our offensive line recruits be we're not gonna when we go up against nebraska wisconsin minnesota ohio state penn state those lines are still gonna be bigger so just having that ability to go out and be able to get outside the pocket i think it's gonna be crucial and i mean you saw it a little bit with Plummer. i mean Plummer wasn't like outside the pocket that much but just even moving within to keep it alive i mean he was like I think he's yeah. and he's got a good presence. He feels like he moves around in the pocket a little better than Sindelar, I feel like, because he's I don't know David Blau so well. Slightly more yeah. He's got, he's got some Blau in him, I think. Yeah. I really do. And I except I, he's a six inches taller. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah, that's just great. Over the line. I, I, I liked what I saw out of him in the Minnesota. I thought he I thought he took some steps forward from the mm-hmm. um, ECU game. Um we'll just see how he handles Happy Valley. Um but honestly, when talking about mobile quarterbacks, I mean, Rob Henry and then and Justin Siller are really the only two mobile quarterbacks I can remember at Purdue. I mean, True mobile quarterbacks. Marv. Yeah, Marv was pretty athletic. I mean, Marv Blau and uh, Brandon Kirsch, I would say, were, yeah. were dual threats. Hey, I remember like a Joey Elliott, like 65-yard touchdown run or something early on. But no, I, I feel like one of Elliott's first games, and I was like, who the heck is this guy? And then he had just – I don't know. I, I just feel like I remember him just going like untouched, like 60 yards. I think Curtis Painter still running up at Illinois from 06. <laughs> he ran one like 46 yards or something like untouched. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. Um, if we got a mobile court, I would, I, I'm fine with getting another quarterback. I just, just as long as Michael Limo stays committed. Yeah. That's, that's one thing you want to you think is okay. Is there a, do they think something's gonna happen, or it could just be maybe they think someone's gonna like some type might just bail, which I don't, I wouldn't blame them. I, think I mean, it could be, it could be that okay, we're taking one a class, and then you think okay, with Sindelar coming back next year, and now with Sindelar, you don't know what's gonna happen, so maybe now it's gonna be okay, so you, you'll have basically one a class with Plumber, site, you know, five, I guess, three, four, five, yeah, the yeah. very. Yeah. I think Stipe's been hurt. I don't think he's been. I don't know if he's been. On, I don't think I the couple the game I've been to. I, I didn't see him on two games. I've been to. I didn't see him on the sideline. I could be wrong. Yeah, um, I haven't heard much about him. I saw something that he was battling an injury during camp and kind of kept him out. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. so I was wondering maybe if they think because I can't. I don't see a future for him. So I think maybe you know he might transfer, which you know let him do so, and if. Sindelar comes back. That's two quarterbacks gone. Might as well bring in two more. See what you got. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell's the number two quarterback. Yeah, so I mean, Sipes nowhere to be found. So he's in the third string, and then you got uh, yeah, Pafari after that. So it'll be interesting. Name right one of these days. Yeah, Paul Paulie P. <laughs> we, we, we got a few years probably before we're saying his name. And we are fully endorsing our friends from Boyle Sports. <laughs> The nickname Jack the Snack Plumber. Absolutely, I love it. Love it. Love it. So, uh, all right. Uh, you guys ready to pick some games? Why not? I don't. I don't think we really have any basketball notes to hit on this week. 
Should Always we? practice has started, man. We are rolling. Right, actually, well, actually, there is we there is something with basketball. I saw today. Harms got hit in the face, so every other Big Ten fan base is happy that someone on the pretty basketball roster <laughs> did their yeah dirty deed for them. I, but I, he's I, a. I mentioned I, that to a mutual friend of ours that likes Illinois, and he said, "Thank God." <laughs> and he's been uh, hasn't been practicing since the first day. But they said it shouldn't be anything serious. But yeah, well, he yeah. Did you you did say he's going to media days tomorrow? Did you mention that? Yeah, him and him and Ojel are going to yeah. be our media day. So hopefully the media day curse stays away from the basketball team. Oh, well, I, I <laughs> that. Well, I, oh my god! Knock on wood. I I can't, I can't take it. I mean, we're gonna have I'm some a, big guards. I am uh, excited. If you if you think of. If Proctor starts, you've got no gel. Proctor starting is probably your one and two. And that's a, an awesome defense. I already matchup. told myself I know what I want out of this team to make me happy, but I'm going in with no expectations like last year because it worked really well and I was very <laughs> happy. So I'm that's what I'm doing this year. I'm not I'm 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 staying cool, calm, collected. They announced uh some of the promotions for the season. I believe the Virginia game is the t-shirt game where they'll have the design. Correct. So that'll be freaking cool. Um, I games blackout, which is, I got to figure out which one I know there's the Texas game. I think the replica ring game, but I got to give myself the bobblehead, whoever it is. Cause my collection is I'm way behind. (laughs) It's too hard to get those things. Cause I don't get them early enough. And then they sell on eBay for like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Student section. They get, I remember when I was a student, I went and grabbed like three. <laughs> yeah, I got two three, and then I remember I missed the Michigan State game due to an exam. But I, had, my roommate grabbed me a big dog one. Yeah, I think that was one where I grabbed like three or four. So we were grabbing some for people we were with, but yeah. stashed a couple. Yeah, I, uh, I meant to go get my Mark Herman one the other day because season football ticket holders can get a Herman one. I meant to go mm. do the to do that next game because mm. start my collection up again. It's kind of low. Anyways, enough talk about my nerdy bobblehead collection. But um, all right, uh, we got a, a good one to start off things in the Big Ten. It's one of those Fox Noon games they're really trying to push this year. Number fourteen Iowa at number nineteen Michigan. For some reason, my phone's not showing a line on the game. Uh, I've got Michigan minus three point five. Sounds so right. Is it that Michigan? Yep, 4 0 yes. Iowa at 3 and 1 Michigan. And then Michigan's next two games after this are, uh, well, they're, next, they're at, actually, they're at Illinois. And then they go at Penn State, then Notre Dame at home. So Michigan needs this game. Man, I would love it if Iowa went in, Iowa went in there and knocked him off. Because if Michigan doesn't win this game, they're staring maybe at four losses here in three, yeah. three weeks from now. I would love it. And they haven't played Ohio State yet. Or Michigan State. <laughs> oh, man. I'm taking I, Michigan, though. I think yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, I, think I Jimmy want to pick Iowa so badly, but I think Michigan gets it done. Yeah, Michigan at home. Yeah, I, I don't like it, but I agree. I think it'd be a good game. It should be. I'll actually, uh, nope, we play it soon. Nope, can't watch that game. Uh, Maryland at Rutgers. Rutgers fired head coach Chris Ash. I thought it was coming, but I'm surprised they did it so early in the season. I'm guessing their next coach is either going to be their former head coach, Greg Schiano, or Butch Jones. Probably Greg Schiano if he wants it. Um, I think Maryland unloads on Rutgers. Yeah. I don't know what the line is. It doesn't show one. 13 and a half, Maryland. Okay. I think Maryland unloads and wins by like 30. I think Maryland wins, but I think it's close. I think I think Rutgers is emotional this game. Comes yeah, out as a team. In Maryland, what Maryland team are we going to get? We're going to get the one that beat Syracuse or the one that lost to Temple and got destroyed by Penn State. I mean, yeah, they're kind of turning yeah. into the 2-10 and ten Maryland team I thought we'd see. <laughs> Not the one that beat number 21, Syracuse, 63-20. No. Evan, who, you, who do you like? Oh, Maryland. Um, I think they cover too. Uh, 
I hate when Big Ten teams schedule podunk non-conference teams in the middle of conference season. But looking at you, is it IU game? Is it the IU game? Is IU playing like uh, Central School for the Blind? (laughs) They might as well. Uh, Uh, Okay. Number eight, Wisconsin hosts Kent State. Wisconsin's a thirty-seven point favorite. (laughs) I've got thirty-six. Yeah, mine says thirty-six. Mine says thirty-six. Oh, I'm taking. I'll take Wisconsin with thirty-six or thirty-seven. They're going to cover yeah, that. They're yeah, they're going to cover gonna, that. Uh, I don't think Kent State's going to score. <laughs> Kent State's record's two and two, so they're not even a good. I don't know. They just they lose two. Let's, let's see who they lost. Uh, to. They got Kent whacked. State. They got waxed by Auburn, fifty-five sixteen. They waxed Bowling Green, sixty-two to twenty. Yeah, Bowling Green plays at Notre Dame this week, and the spread's forty-five and a half. <laughs> they forty-five beat, and a half. Kent State beat Kennesaw State by three in overtime. Oh my. Yeah, they're not scoring. They're not scoring. They're not getting past the 50 until the third quarter. I bet you they get up 7-0. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any side action on that. I'm just joking. There's actually – the ESPN predictor has – gives them a 2.4% chance of winning. Where is that 2.4% coming from? As a smart guy, Lloyd Christmas once said, <laughs> tell me there's a chance. Hey, Purdue has a 3.2% chance on the ESPN predictor. Yes. I, I'll take it. Uh, Illinois at Minnesota. Minnesota's a 14 so point pissed favorite. if Illinois goes in there and wins. I I would I would be as well, but I wouldn't mind seeing PJ Fleck lose. And I don't want Minnesota to be five and zero. Yeah, but I have them going five and zero, and I want to throw yeah. up. Like I said, I think they could, I think they could possibly go eight and zero. I hate that. Yeah, but then PJ Fleck will take the first big job he that comes calling and. Good old Rocky Top, Tennessee. Oh, man. <laughs> he looked good that. now. Uh, fire oh, I would love that if he went to that dumpster fire. <laughs> Running up and down that orange. Oh, my gosh. He would be fired after, like, week four when they lose, like, Let's one. To be eight. honest, like, a program like USC is not going to take a flyer on Fleck. No. But they can go get – or try to Urban or maybe James Franklin. His name's tied to that job a lot. I feel like his name's been tied there for like the last like three years. Oh, no, he's got some good recruiting ties out there. So, uh, uh, did we say Minnesota? Like, we, I did. I yeah, Minnesota. nobody's picking Illinois. Yeah, no. not, I'll say Illinois covers the fourteen. I'm not. Nope, Minnesota covers. Here's a game both teams really need: one and three Northwestern at three and two Nebraska. Nebraska's eight-point favorite. These are two teams I can't figure out why their quarterbacks are struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially Martinez. Adrian Martinez did a sophomore slump big time. I'm picking the purple end, Northwestern. Your guy, your guy uh, Fitzy keeps saying stuff to the media. He said something else. <laughs> the what, I didn't hear it. What did he say? This I, I don't remember. I, should, I wish oh, I he, he, uh, what did he say? He – I don't know what they were talking about, but he pulled up his his call sheet. He goes, "You guys can come take a picture of it if you want." And then some reporter <laughs> at the end goes, "Can I get a picture of that?" And then he just walked off. <laughs> or he's like, "Can I take you up on that?" And he just walked off. That's yeah. funny. His Monday press conferences are becoming things you can't miss. So, uh, I'm taking Nebraska at home, and they covered the eight and, points. Uh, I think it'll be close, but I think Nebraska gets it done. I like being the outsider. Uh, see, there's always got to be one. Uh, <laughs> then Andrew mentioned this game earlier. Twenty-five Michigan, number twenty-five Michigan State coming off a close win over Indiana. They're four and one, heading into the number four Ohio State, who is uh, what is their record? They're five and zero, oh, and they're twenty and a half point favorites. That's the seven thirty night game on ABC. So Ohio State is back to back ABC night games. They blow the doors off Michigan State. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to they cover. Cannot, can, they can't score. They're going to cover. They, they cannot hang with them. But the thing close. about Michigan State is they did put 40 up against Indiana and 31 up against Northwestern back-to-back weeks. But that's Ohio I actually didn't see a second of that game. So Yeah. They, they, yeah. I was surprised. Indiana moved the ball pretty well. They did. A little bit of time that I was watching. That's what I was kind of like, oh, crap. Never yeah, been on pretty good. Yeah. Always defense. And they got yeah. defensive coach. Yeah, they play – a high school coach, a high school defensive coach. They have a bye week this week. They come off their bye next week and host Rutgers. Yeah, they'll win that one. So that gives them four. But then, then it gets then it gets hard. 
Yeah, then they played the real schedule. I was going to say, I didn't know Division Two teams counted for wins to their bowl. I got a few top 25 games. I uh, won't go over, over them all. Um, number 18, UCF at Cincinnati Friday night. UCF's a four-and-a-half point favorite. They're four-and-one. Cincinnati's three-and-one. Evan, you've been to that stadium. Does it get hostile? They, they, they changed. Uh, they changed the field. Is that, is that? Did you guys see that? Wow, I cannot talk. Did you see what they did about their field? No. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a joke, I don't know. But they made it black, and it's. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Not I didn't there. think you could have colored turf anymore. Besides Boise State, I thought the NCAA made a rule that you can't have colored turf anymore. If that is real, that looks really cool. Right, yeah. Tell everybody, tell our listeners where you see that so they can go I find I just that. typed in Cincinnati Bearcats on Twitter. There you go. It's, they've got a black field with the Bearcat eyes at midfield. They've got the outline of the Cincinnati skyline, Andrew's favorite skyline. Just Cincinnati Bengals. Now uh, I'm for skyline. <laughs> they've got a, a red end zone with black paint and then a white end zone. I, I've been to that stadium. I went to the Purdue game there. When it was like a million degrees, and we thought we had hope, and turn up the heat in the furnace. It was <laughs> furnace. Um, I'm gonna pick Cincinnati just because the field. Just because the field. Just because the field. Uh, you can't go against UCF. Yeah, I, I will. I don't think so. That's wrong. All well, you're wrong. Uh, give me UCF and uh, Josh Heupel. Uh, Josh Heupel at UCF, which I'm still mad about. Josh Heupel getting runner-up over Drew Brees for the Heisman back in 2000. <laughs> Drew got third. I'm still mad about that. Chris Winkie first. Uh, I believe Ladane Thomason fourth and Michael Vick fifth. Pretty wow. good list there, three, four, and five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got number 21, Oklahoma State. They're just always solid. Gundy's awesome. At 2-2 two and two <laughs> Texas Tech. Oklahoma State's a 10-point favorite. Oklahoma State. Yep. Yep. Go Pokes. Yep. I get it done. Got the college game day game of the week. Number seven, Auburn, is a three-point favorite going into the swamp to take on the number 10 Florida Gators. It's going to be a good one. I think Florida is bringing out some, like, throwback unis for this game, too. It's going to be a good one. Um, But I'm picking Auburn. I think – just off the fact that I saw them live last year and they were exactly really fast. <laughs> yeah, that's all I keep just just how good they looked last year is just always made me think that Auburn's just unbeatable. <laughs> uh, the last time these two met was back in 2011. They haven't played since hmm. 11. Auburn won 17 to six. I'm going with Auburn. I like this Auburn team a lot. Bo Nix has already beat an Oregon or a good Oregon team on a neutral field and went into um. Kyle Field and beat Texas A&M. If he can win there, he can win the swamp. So. I'm really hoping Auburn just goes in the field until they have to play Alabama. And oh, have you seen Auburn's schedule till they get to Alabama? Nope, oh. I'm looking at it right. Yeah, I got it up here. Um, they go at Arkansas next week, and Arkansas sucks. At LSU, <sighs> Mississippi that, at that's home, be a good game. Georgia at home. So if they can get past LSU and Georgia – yeah. yeah. All right. But, oh, Watch man. out for Samford that week before the the infamous SEC tune-up game. Can't stand how SEC teams do that in November. It's the dumbest thing ever. But I digress. I don't know. Samford <laughs> had a football team. Yeah. Point seven percent chance winning that game. Well, they got go, a chance. Uh, the Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Bowling Green, one and three at number nine. Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a forty-five and a half point favorite. Yeah, <laughs> forty-five and a half. Oh man! I'm shocked. There's even a line. Yeah, I want to see this. I, oh, and then Irish host USC next week before a bye week. And then they're at Michigan. God, if they, if they get past those two, I think they, I think they will. Out. Yeah, I think they will. Um, they win, out. but they don't cover because they pull the starters. Uh, half it's forty-five. Yeah, I, I agree, hundred percent. There's no way the starters stay in that long to that's put up. Such a that's such a big line. This is a bad Bowling Green. I mean, this isn't even a good Bowling Green team. This is a bad Bowling Green. Has team. there ever been a good Bowling Green team? 
I mean, I like really beat us. <laughs> beat us twice. I was so. saying, I remember that. Remember, I remember going into Ross Aid and watching pretty lose the Bowling Green. Did Josh Cribbs play Bowling Green one year? I feel like his team was real good. It used to kick return for the Browns. Uh-huh. I don't know. I do remember Josh Cribbs in the NFL, but I don't know. Uh, number 11, Texas, 11.5-point favorites at West Virginia. I made fun of West Virginia earlier this year because they got waxed by, I think, Missouri. That's their only loss. They're 3-1. and one. But they barely beat Kansas in their last game two weeks ago by five. Hook them. Covers. I agree. Yep. Texas big. Um, California, who's no longer undefeated. They lost to uh, who did they lose to last week? It was a close game. It was a close Arizona game. Arizona State. Oh, Herm Edwards. Yeah, because Herm's yeah. won at Cal and at uh, Michigan State. So the Pac-12, it's it's October 1st, and the Pac-12 have zero undefeated teams left. California <laughs> travels to number 13, Oregon. Oregon's 18-point favorites. Uh, Oregon, but they don't cover. I think Oregon in the cover. Yeah, I think Oregon big. And then lastly, uh, another Pac-12 game. Number 15, Washington, travels the 2-3 and three Stanford. Washington's a 16-point favorite. Yeah, Washington wins easily. I think they cover. Mm-hmm. Washington Huskies yep. cover. Yep. Yeah, not, not the greatest slate of games this weekend, but we've got a couple good ones. I, I like that game day game at 3.30. I'll be watching that one. Uh, Auburn, Florida. That'll yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll probably watch the Ohio State Michigan State at night until I get tired of Ohio State waxing Michigan State. <laughs> but yep. So anything I forgot? Any last comments you guys want to say or anything? Before I have I have up? one I have one thing to add. Do it. I I've I've been digging for like 15 minutes and I found it. Joey Elliott. <laughs> 58 yard touchdown run in a 28 28- 21 loss to Northern Illinois. I was at that game, and I don't remember that. In 09. Yes. Because that is the last game, I believe. I could look it up on my program if I wanted to, I guess. I think that's the last game Purdue returned a pump for a touchdown. That was Aaron Valentine. It was. I mean, okay, I see that. I'm just looking at the scoring. Yeah, Aaron Valentine gave Purdue a 7-0 lead. Because I – I do know that the last time Purdue returned a kickoff for a touchdown was against uh, Penn State, Raheem Mostert. So hopefully either um, Jackson Anthrop or Alexander Horvath. Horvath is the other kick returner this week. Oh, I thought Sheffield was like the backup. I thought Sheffield was. The uh, the other day we put Anderson and Sheffield back there, but on the depth chart, the the kick Mm. returners are Anthrop and Horvath. My guess is – Fair catch the ball, both of yeah. you. Yeah, or just let it go out the end zone. Because Sheffield twice caught it in the yeah. end zone and brought it out and got to the thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Ron, okay, Rondell did that a couple times too. He's yeah. Rondell Moore. He can do whatever he wants. TJ Sheffield <laughs> literally just is like the first game he got significant yeah. action. Um, but uh, we'll Other, see more. Uh, him. I was gonna say the and I don't want to end on a sad note, but I think I don't know if we talked about last week. I think we hadn't. Learned about it yet, but we're officially out on Hunter Dickinson because stupid Duke. They offered him. Yes. Yeah, they offered him. And it's Duke, Michigan, or uh, Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I'm over it. Yeah. Whatever. I was mad about it. Don't get me wrong. Now I'm like, whatever. Yeah. We're still going to be good. Oh, yeah. And Matt, we trust. Absolutely. And Brom, we trust. All the knuckleheads getting on Brom need to just cool the Jets right now. I think it's definitely the. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think we definitely were way ahead of schedule the last two years, and then it finally caught up to us this year just because of lack of offensive line depth and obviously now injuries. But yes, yeah, so just those... veterans. I mean, yeah. you yeah. remember? You know, I forgot. You know, our first year guys like CJ McConnell, uh, mm-hmm. Josh Cognier. Josh from uh, Wake Forest, yeah. I mean, guys like that, those grad transfers, yeah, the grad transfers, top yeah, of your Marcus Bailey's, your Jawan Bentley's, and then there were a couple offensive line juco. There was there was an offensive lineman too that came in that was. Yeah. Did we go in from Western? No, Men- did we go in from Western- was it Mendez or something? Was it like a Matt, like a something? That was a Menendez or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Guard that helped kind of like okay, the line wasn't a strength, but I mean that was. <laughs> 
and I think that's the one thing that Brom will even admit we missed on a few grad transfer opportunities for offensive linemen, and mm-hmm. that's hurt us this year. Absolutely. So, so I mean, he he's a he's an honest guy. He's not gonna lie to the media. I mean, he 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 takes blame. He takes fault and says where we've struggled recruiting and everything. But I mean, the honeymoon period I would say is over. Uh, now, now he's he's witnessing and feeling some stuff that Matt Painter does on a regular basis. Um, every game, after every recruiting loss, and, and it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, it's going to happen. But I think he will get two recruiting wins come next week with Malik Carr and um, Bryce Austin. Bryce Austin. Austin. Bryce Austin. Whatever. Both on October Austin, 11th. Yeah. I think we can expect that. That'll be good. Yep. So, anything else? Let's beat the Lions. Yep, I think that's going to do it for this week's uh, episode of the Boiler Breakdown. Thanks for listening. And uh, as always, Boiler Up, hammer down, and beat those Nittany Lions. Boiler Up. Tanner Lee here of the Boiler Breakdown podcast. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a follow on social media. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Boiler Break Pod, and follow us on Instagram at Boiler Break Pod. And make sure to listen and subscribe to the Boiler Breakdown on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, Boiler Up, Hammer Down.